But what I realized eventually was it wasn't just about the break. It was about me going out there and connecting with people. Like I was always very chatty with the barista at the coffee shop. And I was just seeing it as an opportunity to self-express and connect. Connection is such a core value for me. And, um, and, and so I was able to notice over time, I need a career based on connection, based on self-expression. And my core skill set was words. That was the vehicle through which I would achieve these values. And so when I got clear on what my skills were, I was able to kind of self-evaluate and see so many different career path options. Hello and welcome to the EverCoach podcast, the online destination for a coach that wants to create a positive impact in the world and make good money along the way. I'm your host, Ajit Nawalka, and every week I'll bring you the world's best thinkers, coaches, trainers to share some of their best ideas to solve real client problems, live a prosperous life, and be an even better version of ourselves. And today's episode, I'm inviting my friend Ashley Stahl. Ashley is an uh, ex-spy, actually. <laughs> she used to work for the Pentagon in the anti-terrorism unit. And from there, she transitioned herself into becoming a career coach. So if you're somebody who is transitioning, if you're somebody who wants to coach other individuals to be able to t- make better career choices, to be able to find what's the right career choice for yourself, if you're somebody who wants to redesign your dream career and design your dream career, if you want to discover your direction, if you feel like you're stuck and you want to get unstuck, today's episode is for you. Today, I get into conversation with Ashley on how she made some really tough decisions in her life to be able to make the career choices that she eventually did and to be able to bring forth a very important message of how to choose the right career out in the world. If you're a career coach, Ashley will show you some of the very important skills that one needs to be able to have a thriving career. We will discuss how one can discover how to identify those key skills and then be able to utilize them in your careers. Ashley is an overall fascinating being and her conversations around careers will change the way you approach your clients and help them choose their careers. So without further ado, let me invite Ashley. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast, Ashley. Thank you for having me. I'm super pumped to have this conversation. You're being a dear friend and somebody that I've looked up to when it comes to helping people navigate their careers. And I think it is a very interesting point in history of mankind where we have in the year 2020, I mean, this episode releases in 2021, uh, but then in the year 2020, we saw so many new people emerge into the career of coaching. So many individuals seeking to transition in, transition out of their careers, consider um, choices in life, if I may, um, and so forth. Because of everything that happened around us, going all the way from the pandemic to the crisis in, uh, in, in America when it came to racial biases, to political crisis, to God knows what all, depending on the part of the world you were in. So that brings me to the excitement of having this conversation with you, because you're coming out with a book called U-Turn anytime soon, and we'll link it up below this episode, but this book is so important when it comes out to talking about changes in life and talking about taking a U-turn in life and 
and making better choices. Tell us a little bit more about you, Ashley, before we get the party started. Yeah. Well, first of all, I mean, I'm glad that there's a lot of coaches joining the coaching space because there's a lot of people who need help. And I think transition is one of the most natural. I think we're almost always in transition, really. And it is sometimes we get stuck in the belief that we are where we're supposed to be. And I mean, technically we are, but we're also always in transition on our way to the next version of ourselves at any given time. And purpose also moves. Like, I think there's a lot of pressure to have a purpose, whether it or to find purpose in your career, but your purpose changes throughout your life. And so it's a beautiful thing to hear that there's a lot of coaches out there that are developing mastery and supporting other people because a lot of people need support. And at any given moment, 70% of the workforce is trying to get a new job, which to me is just a statistic letting us know that people are not thrilled about where they are and they want to be somewhere else. And so it's a beautiful time to be in reflection about that. And my book U-Turn and just the concept of making a U-Turn, Y-O-U, is just about reconnecting to yourself. I think that we often get off course. And even as kids, we're told about very limited career options. Like I remember hearing about being like a veterinarian or a lawyer or like a teacher or maybe even an astronaut on a good day. And it, it's like, I was never really educated on my options and nor was anybody else. And so whether you're an entrepreneur or you're in the workforce, I wanted to create a roadmap, a step-by-step roadmap for people to get more clarity on who are they truly and how do they wrap a career path and make another career move around that core essence of, of who they are. And that's what inspired me to write it. And and how terrible is that, right? Like when I grew up as well in India, the career paths we have become an engineer, a doctor, or a chartered accountant. And that basically was it. And if you did didn't do any of those, you probably just, yeah, like you, you didn't have a career, basically. Yeah. You made all the bad choices in life, and hence you were not an engineer, doctor, or an accountant. It's, it's a terrible way to live considering that most of the professions that we actually pursue or would want to pursue very often don't fit in those boxes. My career clearly didn't. Uh, and I think I did pretty well for myself. So talk a little bit uh, about us to to people who may be choosing the career of coaching, maybe who are transitioning into the career of coaching as to why do you think it's important to, because I, I know this is a segment in your book that talks about the alignment with your own self, alignment with your core values and so forth. Uh, and I want you to speak to that because I think it's very important for two purposes. One, the listeners of this episode, some of them would be new coaches or, or coaches that have made this as a career choice and are pretty early on in their career. And secondly, we have a lot of our clients who actually help companies and help organizations and work with organizations. And hence, they're always talking to individuals who are looking at their careers interestingly, sometimes to change it, sometimes to reconsider it, sometimes to not feel motivated in it. What is it that you stand for when it comes to finding the right career for yourself? You know, there's a couple of things that I found were very central as I was creating this roadmap and writing this book. One concept was just knowing what your core skill set is. And then another one is core values, which you talked about. And what I think is really sticky about core values is sometimes people pick values that they aspire to have and not ones that they actually are. And, you know, 
And that's why whenever I work with somebody, whether it's privately or even if they're listening to my podcast or reading my book, anything I put out there, I usually will eventually talk about core values because I see them as the non-negotiable principles and key ingredients by which you live your life. And if, if people haven't taken the time to think about what those are for them, usually what you'll find is either you're not implementing them in your career and it feels like something's missing, or what's worse is you're being violated by in some way in your career because your core values are being trespassed upon. So, you know, I know a lot of people who perhaps integrity is a core value for them. And, and there's many different words that represent core values. It could be family, authenticity, um, accomplishment, whatever. And if you value integrity very deeply, you probably aren't going to do well selling something you don't believe in. And there's plenty of people who are doing that. And, and every single day, they don't know why they feel so exhausted. Maybe they have incredible people skills. Maybe they're really good at words. And it makes sense in their head that they should be in that kind of a career. But if it's coming up against a core value, they're going to feel a level of resentment for their work. And so that's the first thing is just taking notice of that. I do see core values as more of a filter for your career options versus something that creates your career. And what I mean by that is I believe that your core skill set is really where to turn when it comes to creating a different career path. It's kind of like romantic relationships. We all have different loves in our life and, and whatever love we've chosen for the rest of our life, if we choose one, it's different than other little universes we might've had with other people. And I think that's kind of how it is with people in their core skill set. Everybody has a different core skill set. I believe that there's about 10 in the workforce. And depending on where someone resides, you're just going to have a very specific experience of their magic based on their core skill set. Not one is better or worse than the other. It just points to how people should technically be using their energy. And we get lost often when we think about what niche we want to work in. Like, for example, I love travel. And if you put me in a five-star resort, but I'm the chef, like it's, it's the wrong skill set, you know, like doesn't mean I should be working there. And there's a big difference between being a consumer, enjoying consuming something and being a creator, putting it out there, making art of that, of it. And whatever you create comes back to your core skill set. And so to me, that's the foundation of your career. I'm happy to go through the 10 core skills if, if it's helpful for you guys. Absolutely. Let's talk about that maybe in just a second. First, I want to talk about something that you already kind of shared as you were talking about values and how sometimes there are conflicting values that are at play. And, and you have to consider choosing the one that is true and honest to you. I have a two-part question. Firstly, has that happened for you in, in life? And if it did, what was, uh, what was that was your kind of a compass that directed you to the right value? How did you make that choice? And and what would you suggest people to do? Yeah, I think one of my top five, and I always suggest people pick their top five values. So <clears throat> for me, self-expression was one of those. And I remember working in my early 20s in counterterrorism at the Department of Defense in Washington, D.C. And I mean, the Department of Defense is a, it's a, it's a magical place in a lot of ways. It's a powerful place. It's not a place of self-expression, like wearing your suit to work every day. And, you know, I'm, I've always been kind of a poetic soul. You know, I loved art classes and painting and words. And, and then he put me in the Pentagon. And I think what got guided me into the Pentagon was the fact that my core skill set is words. I'm really good at writing. And so being an intelligence analysis um, it kind of felt like I was being a, paid to be a student. And so I thought it would be a great path for me. 
And I have this thing of loving to nurture and protect and be a bit of a mama bear for people. And so, you know, what better way to do that than in the epicenter of protecting people? So I thought that I was channeling my skills and my interest in a way that would make sense. But ultimately, I wasn't able to express myself in that job. And eventually, that became a very heavy feeling. Um, on top of that, I think uh, integrity is, is a huge value for me. I really care about my word and how, how I'm syncing up what I'm doing versus what I'm saying I'm doing. And, you know, there's no secret that in counterterrorism that you need to be dishonest. And a lot of the times that looked like me not being honest about my job, what I was doing. Um, and that was just a necessity and part of the commitment and part of the job. And so it became really important for me to self-evaluate and start to pay attention to what really lit me up. I was so disconnected at the time that I created what I now like to call a joy journal where every single day for, I think it was a month or two, I would write down the moment of the day that lit me up the most. And it really, really helped me a lot to kind of just get back to where I felt a sense of expansion in my body because I was in so much autopilot at the Pentagon that I kind of forgot me being in that building. And it was kind of sad sometimes because I would look at the moment that lit me up every day and it was like me going to get a cupcake or like going to the coffee shop or taking a break. I was like, how sad that the thing that lights me up the most is taking a break. But what I realized eventually was it wasn't just about the break. It was about me going out there and connecting with people. Like I was always very chatty with the barista at the coffee shop. And I was just seeing it as an opportunity to self-express and connect. Connection is such a core value for me. And, um, and, and so I was able to notice over time, I need a career based on connection, based on self-expression. And my core skill set was words. That was the vehicle through which I would achieve these values. And so when I got clear on what my skills were, I was able to kind of self-evaluate and see so many different career path options. I started helping people get job offers because I was so successful at getting job opportunities. And that ended up turning into an entire business, but it really started with doing that level of self-evaluation and really following what felt good, even if it didn't make sense. It didn't make sense for me to spend my weekends helping people with their job hunt when I was at the Pentagon, but it felt good and it allowed me to connect and use my values and use my skills. That's amazing. I want to I talk a little bit more about when you made the decision to to leave Pentagon. And the reason why I asked that question is because from where I see, it seems like a really tough decision to make because you were thriving in a career that probably you had dreamt up for a long time to work for the government, counterterrorism, uh, Pentagon. Like it's like the, the the fast track to a lot of people's dream jobs or or in a dream job for that matter. And when you said, okay, I need to expand, I need to be more in turn with, with, uh, with my values, there must be some conflict that must have, ha- must have happened internally. Um, I'm curious to hear what happened and how you got past that, because that conflict is interesting to me and I'm sure to my listeners, because that conflict would inform us on how we could always be of a gauge and know that how, how hard that conflict can get when we're decide- trying to decide between what's comfortable and what's important. If if I can make that distinction, I don't know if that was a distinction you went for, but uh, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. You know, honest, it, it, it's what's so interesting about leaving a career in counterterrorism is 
first of all, the nature of the job lends itself to privacy. So not only did I leave, I ended up creating an entire personal brand. And so every step into my personal brand was a full abandonment of working as a spy or in counterterrorism. Because the more I put my face out there in a newspaper, I was literally blowing my cover if I wanted to continue to be in national security in any way. So it wasn't even like I was just leaving a career. I was burning the career behind me as I was creating. It was the it was the cost of me creating the career I wanted. And it took me a while to reconcile that. And, you know, one of the biggest things that I've continued to acknowledge is you just can't have change without loss, even if it's good change, you know, like changes like getting married or having a child are, are so happy. And yet I have so many friends who are grieving the end of their single life, even if they found the love of their life. I have friends who are grieving the end of their childless life, even though they get to bring a child into the world. And it's the same with your career. You leave behind not just, you know, what you were doing, but the years you invested in it. A lot of the times people have beliefs that they wasted their time or they're giving up on time they put in. I don't think that could be further from the truth. I think every minute you spend building success when you build success, it's something you can pivot on top of, and it gives you credibility, authority, skills. And in the future of the workforce, the top skill sets that are most important are soft skills, ability to handle conflict, ability to build relationships. And all of these things are very actionable things that you've undoubtedly worked on, no matter what your past job has been. And so being able to use your experiences and be able to communicate about them in a way that makes sense for where you're headed whether you're changing your business and you need to make sense of it for your clients or you're changing your career and you need to make sense of it on your resume, really tune into what have you done in the past skills wise that makes sense for where you're going in the future. How can you tell a narrative around that? So I had to spend some time just figuring out how I was going to talk about my career change. I also think that you know, the best career path now that I've been at this for 10 years. And this book I wrote is just the culmination of 10 years of surveys and data collection and and coaching people. You know, I've realized that you just can't have clarity without engaging and you can't think your way there. And the best career paths are experimental. And so in my case, I was willing to experiment on the sidelines. I started doing little coffee gatherings with friends on the weekends, helping them get job offers, looking at their resumes, didn't charge a penny for it, just wanted to help them. And they kept saying to me, you should be a career coach. And I was like, what does that even mean? Like the only type of coach I've ever seen is like a hockey coach, like a sport, like what are they cheering on somebody's career? Like, what does that do? So it took me a while to even accept this as a career path. And I don't know, like, I think giving myself permission to experiment and try things on. Eventually I started charging people and when it felt good for me, I was able to leave my career in national security and start earning from my career in career coaching. And so I think anybody who thinks about leaving their job to start over, sometimes they overwhelm themselves. It's like, no, be responsible, like make enough of a living. And that's why I love the power of a part-time job. People who are in transition they're like, oh, I've got this full-time job. I'm so tired. Or my business is full-time and it's exhausting me and I don't even want to be in it anymore. It's like, to me, look at your expenses, figure out if there's something you could do part-time that fuels what you want to do full-time. Maybe it gives you skills you want to be using or educates you in some way and, and start making a pivot that way. So I got really resourceful and experimental. And eventually that turned into uh, private practice, career coaching, a podcast, my book, and everything that I've created. And I'm so grateful that I gave myself 
the permission to be experimental, which is something I think a lot of people don't do. Mm, absolutely true. And and honestly, that, that's been my path myself as well. I, I always transitioned out of a career into another one, mostly to have that kind of a safety net in a way, be responsible about it, to not be overwhelmed with the new business I'm creating, always to have that plan. So I think I think that's very important and very important to hear because I know a lot of people give that advice to burn all your bridges right now and jump two feet in, which sounds really cool. It's a cool thing to say, but it's not, not cool. You can't pay your rent and you know, nothing is worse. (laughs) You know, who is it that said needy is creepy? I think Steve Chandler said that it's like, it's so creepy to like, that's, there's, that's no energy to get clients off of. That's no energy to get job offers out of is being desperate. And and people can feel that there's a whole energy field aura to desperation that you don't want to have. So it's like fill your cup and meet your basic needs so that you can create something from that place. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, actually, you were talking about the top 10 things somebody should consider for when they're deciding their career, yeah. right? That's that's something that we were to discuss. Yeah, yeah let's, let's 10, talk about that. Yeah, there's 10 core skill sets that after evaluating, I've got over a half million email subscribers through all of the different work that I've done and I've surveyed them and assessed them. And one thing I've learned is that I believe there's 10 core skill sets, core foundations that exist in the workforce. And I really see each one as an energy field. Like it's not just about the tactical, it's about your energy that you bring. So as I'm sharing these for any note takers who are listening, just kind of remember that. But The first skill set is innovation. This is for the intrapreneur or the entrepreneur. This is the creative self-starter, the person who has their own book of business. Usually you'll see them as second in command. If they're in a company, they're rising in the ranks, uh, helping the founder and highly creative, or there's somebody who's a top performer creating business out of thin air, whether they work with themselves or not. Um, But somebody who's an innovator, you can feel them. It's not just that they're coming up with ideas. They have a resourcefulness to them and a vision to them that you can pick up on. And the second core skill set is building. So this one is, you know, tactical. It could be the construction worker. It could be a mechanic, or it could be more um, concrete, like a web designer who's putting something together, but they're in a building energy. And then the third core skill set, this one's mine, is words. And one thing that this one makes me think a lot about is just the importance of knowing whether you're an intra, you know, introvert or an extrovert. Because if you're introverted, let's say, and you're the word skill set, that might look more internal, like being a writer or being a content creator. Versus if you're extroverted, that might look a little bit more external, like being a speaker. And so being an introvert or an extrovert really impacts how you express your core skill set. And number four is motion. So when I think about the motion people, I think about people who are on their feet and that's how they thrive. They thrive when they're on the go. They almost have like an itchiness to them. Like they need to be on their feet and out and about. And it's actually a skill to be that way. So it's anything from a tour guide to, you know, a fitness trainer, you know, you name it, somebody that you see on their feet. And number five is service. And we need these people, the humanitarians, the supporters, the givers, they make the world go round. But one important question for the service people to ask themselves is, are you wounded or are you inspired? And this is actually a good question to ask yourself for any of the skill sets. 
if you're wounded, you know, sometimes you're going to say that service is your skill set when in actuality, maybe people pleasing has just been a coping mechanism you've always had and you think you're great at being of service. Um, so it's really important to kind of reflect on where did this skill set come from? And maybe it was from a wounded place and now you're inspired by it. And that's okay, but just tuning into that. And number six is coordination. So coordination, you know, is our event coordinators, our project managers, our operations people, God bless them. They make the world go round. And number seven is analysis. So these are our researchers, our academics. These people want to know the answer. It's natural for them to go out there and find it. Number eight is our number crunchers. And number nine is our technology people, whether they're IT geniuses or artificial intelligence creators. They've got some innovation in them. And then number 10 is beauty. So the beauty core skill set is the makeup artist, the interior designer, people who make art of the world around them. So all 10 of these core skill sets uh, exist. And I always like to see for somebody, even if we can embody many of these, maybe somebody who's listening feels like they're three of these. There's usually one that we truly lead with that we're truly brilliant and natural at. And I like to encourage people to ask people around them, like, when have you seen me at my best? Because when you ask other people that question, you're able to kind of collect their answers and ask yourself, which of the 10 core skill sets are people reflecting on having seen me at my best? So that's something that is super important to take note of. And, um, and, and once you know your core skill set, you can really start to think about your career options. That's amazing. That's amazing. And I think that's very important to identify your, uh, your core skill. That's what you call it, right? The core skill, the one highlight and then take as your, do you believe that people have secondary tertiary skills and that really creates a job role and that should be most in alignment with them? I think it's all about your number one core skill set and your mm -hmm. secondary one definitely matters and even your tertiary one matters. But I don't think it is something to focus on quite like your primary skill set because every job that's being hired for or every business that you're building, granted as an entrepreneur, we're kind of a jack of all trades, but when we're hiring somebody, we're hiring them usually for one set of very important responsibilities. Mm -hmm. And that comes back to usually one core skill set, mm -hmm. one thing that we really need for them to have down. And so it's important, I think, for people to understand what their one thing is. It also helps them make a career pivot because if your core skill set is words, you're probably going to be carrying that core skill set with you throughout your career. And from there, you're able to kind of say, okay, even if I'm going into this next step, what is the undercurrent that is constant with me? It's the skill set. So how do I share about this core skill set that I'm taking with me throughout my life, throughout my career, so that it makes sense for other people, whether I'm in networking conversations, trying to get opportunities, or I'm interviewing and trying to land a job offer. So from the lens of a coach, because the people who are listening to this are, are coaches, what is some of the biggest things that you think people have come up to you as a career coach and, uh, and said, this is the big problem that I face in my career? Is it transition? Is it dissatisfaction with their careers? Is it not identifying their core skill set? What is it that you feel is the greatest challenge right now somebody who is in the workforce, what is, what is it that they're facing as their biggest challenge? I mean, granted, there's plenty of people who hate their job, but I would actually say the majority of people are in like this lukewarm misery where they don't hate their job. They just feel like they're going through with the motions. Like 
something's missing. They don't know what's best for them and they have no idea how to figure that out. They don't know what they don't know about what's out there for them and they don't know what their skill set is. And so I think as a coach, it's so important to facilitate somebody in a way. And that's what I really wrote this book in mind of creating a system for the reader to figure themselves out, for coaches to be able to coach other people around the system of saying, okay, what's your essence? What's the energy you bring to the room? That's, you know, the first chapter I talk about core nature Mm. and how you would describe yourself. What changes in the room when you walk in? And then from there, okay, what's your skill set? And how do we make sure that the career options that exist for you aren't undermining your your core nature, your essence, your energy? Um, let's say that words is my core skill set, and I'm. But when somebody looks at my core nature, I'm chatty, I'm humorous, I'm wise. If you put me in a call center where I'm using words, but I don't get to use my humor, all these other things, and I have to stick to a script that's missing the mark on my core nature. Um, If you put me in a call center and I have to sell something I don't believe in, then you're violating my core value of integrity. So it's like, I believe that in this book, what I talk about is really your core nature is your foundational energy field. Your core skill sets are how you're harnessing your energy, the responsibilities you're doing throughout the day. And your core values are a filter for your yeses and your nos of how you want your career to look. Because there's really two dynamics at play in your career. There's the what of what you're doing, that's your responsibilities, your skill set, your job title, your business title, whatever. And then there's the how of how your career looks. That has to do with your core values, your energy, how you be in the world. And so I think a good career coach or coach in general is going to help encourage somebody to notice where are they gifted and how do they want to harness that gift. And those are two buckets that I really pay attention to as I share my story in the U-Turn book. Beautiful. Beautiful. I love it. Um, Ashley, give us the spiel for a coach. Yeah. Why should they get U-Turn right now? You know, I think there's a lot of regurgitated content on the internet and that's all good. But what I love about this book is everything in there is original. So if you are looking for some new way of looking at your own career or new approach to helping someone in their career, everything I share in this book is, is something you've not heard before. And I take a lot of pride in that. It came from a very inspired place and a very structured place. So it's really an 11 step roadmap to help people get unstuck and discover their direction. And as the subtitle says, design their dream career. And I think the most important thing is always to remember to manage our expectations. You know, like uh, I think that the concept of a dream career has kind of killed the reality that sometimes you know, you're not going to love your career. It doesn't always mean you're not in the right career. Sometimes that's just part of transition. That's part of our process. So helping somebody through my book, figure out who they are is going to help you and your clients just get more clarity on whether they're on the right path or not. Beautiful. Beautiful. Ashley, where can they find the book? Any, any bookstore, any online store? Yeah. Thank you for asking. It's available everywhere starting in January where books are sold, but I have a bundle of courses for free on money mindset, on sales, on starting a side hustle, on life purpose, $2,000 worth of courses at uturnbook.com. It's Y-O-U-T-U-R-N book.com. If you order your book there, you can upload a screenshot of your receipt and get access to all of those. That is awesome. We'll also link it up in the session notes, the podcast notes below, wherever this podcast is getting posted. Thank you so much for taking the time, Ashley. This was a fantastic conversation. 
I'm sure our coaches will learn a ton from it and they will absolutely love your book because I love it. So highly recommend it. Go ahead, check out uturnbook.com. Thank you so much again, Ashley. Thank you. So here is what I want you to do now. Go over to uturnbook.com, uturnbook.com. It's also in the show notes here and go get a copy for yourself. It's a Bible almost for you if you want to help people choose better careers, get unstuck, find purpose, find meaning, and be able to take forward action despite the stage of career that they are at. This is coming with amazing, amazing, amazing bonuses, which you will absolutely enjoy. So please make it a point that you go get uturnbook.com. Thank you so much for listening into this episode. This is Ajit Navlaka. And you are listening to the Evercoach Podcast. I am your host, Ajit Navlaka, and every week on the Evercoach Podcast, I will bring the world's best thinkers, coaches, trainers to share some of their best ideas to solve real client problems, live a prosperous life, and be an even better version of ourselves.